Hello, and welcome to episode three of Find Things Well, a podcast celebrating the series Our Flag Means Death in all its magnificent fuckery. I'm Elena. And I'm Abigail. And today we are going to be discussing Our Flag Means Death, episode three, The Gentleman Pirate. So today, kicking off things with What's on Deck, which is the part of the show where we share our latest news about the series, as well as open the floor to any messages, questions, shout outs from listeners. Um, HBO still hasn't renewed it as of the time of this recording. So I, I hope that by the next time we get to this segment, we'll be able to say that that's not the case, but they're leaving us hanging. We record every two weeks, so they've had a lot of time. Yeah, it's it's, it's taking a dangerous amount of time at this point, and I know. I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. The but... Winchester, the Winchester's got a whole ass trailer and release like release schedule, and our flag means death is still sitting there waiting. And we know and which one of those shows is going to be better. I say, as a longtime Supernatural fan, yeah, hard agree there. And Heartstopper <laughs> got renewed for two more seasons. Did you see yeah, that today? Yeah, I did see that today, which is also super exciting. Um, yeah. Queer media gets good engagement, HBO. Yeah. yeah, I don't, especially, you know, I think though, this is my personal theory that's maybe wrong. I think they're waiting to capitalize on Pride Month to announce it. Oh, that that's, would be smart. Like, I think that's what they're waiting for. So like 11 more days and they yeah. can announce it. <laughs> so we'll see if that turns out to be true or not. This week, we wanted to give shout outs to a few listeners who sent us messages. One of them was Spencer from Tumblr, who sent just like the nicest note about enjoying the discussion from the episode. And they mentioned that they love the Leslie Nope comparison. So thanks for being another Leslie Nope stan in the chat. Yeah, we love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. We're glad that, that that made sense to someone other than us. We're glad that we weren't the only ones that noticed uh, Seed's big teacher energy. Yeah, <laughs> just just you wait. I have another comparison this week. Of oh what boy. energy Steed has this week. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll oh, get I there. can't wait. <laughs> I think that's gonna be my thing. Is I'm just gonna have a like, what energy does Steed have? What career does Steed have this week? We also have a feature on Spotify where we post a question each week. So if you listen on that platform, you can respond to that question, and we will feature some of those responses on the show. Um, this episode, we wanted to shout out user it's Jonah who responded to our who was your MVP this episode question from episode two, telling us that um, my MVP was Izzy Hands, which outs me as an Izzy stan. But, you know, he is a legit just doing his job, scouting other ships, taking hostages to sell, etc. Also, he's so dramatic and serious. It's funny to me. And we agree. Yeah, I love that that we're we're getting some some Izzy love because I have very complicated <laughs> feelings about Izzy Hands, which we'll get into as we progress yeah, through this also, show. Also, also. Um, yeah, especially because you still haven't, as of the time of this recording, you still haven't seen the end of this show, have you? So when we decided to do this podcast, I decided I would wait to watch the last few until we're actually recording them, which, you know, is not great for my, like, not watching them because I would like to watch them, but will hopefully mean that the content in those episodes will be me after a fresh, entirely new watch through. I do know spoilers. I knew spoilers before I had seen episode one, to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. I was like, like a couple of weeks behind a lot of people on the watch. Yeah. And I just, I think it's really cool uh, that people are really fascinated by his character. And also Con O'Neill is just the nicest person apparently and is so engaging with fans. Like he's out here like retweeting like not safe for work Izzy fan art. And I have <laughs> respect a mood. for it. Yeah, That's I'm just mood. like, I'm like, wow. I'm like, can you imagine Jensen? Never mind. Anyway, that's Never another mind. conversation that's for another podcast. podcast. Elena, that's on our other podcast. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> let's just say uh -huh. I can't imagine certain people from a certain monster hunting show ever tweeting not safe for work stl art i mean to be fair one half of that acting duo does tweet about fanfic so yeah he does but and yeah, how he likes it on top but again for more on that listen to saving people <laughs> the other show where we talk about gay shit every week oh yeah no i was just gonna say that izzy that actor's voice his voice is so nice yes his voice is so nice to listen to even when he's saying terrible scary things his voice is so nice to listen to and i love how like every other word out of his mouth is fucking like not not fucking it's fucking like spelled mm -hmm. like with two o's yeah and yep. he just and he just keeps that up and I'm just like good for you Izzy good for you that segues us into our things of note segment where we will dive into our main discussion of episode three for starters we're going to take a look at the description of the episode from HBO Max and we will rate that description on a five star scale for this week 
Steed, AKA the gentleman pirate, conducts business in the Republic of Pirates, while Luande and Jim face their past. On a scale of one to five, how do we rate this week? I'm only going to give it a three, mainly because I don't think Olawande and Jim actually face their past. I think they mostly avoid it. When I went to rewatch this episode, I forget like what events happened in which episode. So I like read the description as I pulled the episode up. And I read the description and I was like, I don't remember what the fuck happens in this episode. And I didn't remember until I got several minutes later. <laughs> So I like think that it's not the greatest description because it does not call to mind any specific details about the episode. So I'm going to give it a three. It's not terrible. It's not That's like very it's fair. Not as bad as episode one. Like episode one's description was bad. That this was abysmal. Is, eh, this one is, you know, it's. it's well, this is the first time on this show that I'm rating something higher than you did. I gave this one a four only because I feel like it is just, it's not a great description, but it, it does tell you it's just very basic. Like That's it's like fair. it. And also it like, I don't know if this, I feel like other people would be like, this is going to make it lose a point. But for me, the fact that it has the title in the description, like I'm like, Oh, okay. So we're very clearly talking about this for oh, some reason okay. in my brain that made me go. Yeah, this is oh, that's fair. slightly better. <laughs> that's, that's fair. It is the one interesting detail in this description is like, yeah. Cause the they have like an AKA, like it takes you out like of it that. for a second. I like that. It's kind of fun. Yeah. And I also just love that it's called the Republic of Pirates. Like I, I just, I would have loved to be in the writing room the day they decided what to call that place. Like, okay, we need a really scary Island and it's, you know, going to be like a place where there's a bunch of really scary pirates. How about the Republic of Pirates? Republic like, of Pir- like, it's just, it's like a, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, just it's such a, a goofy it's name. It's a place name. Yeah. It's a place so, name. Four, four stars for being on the nose. <laughs> But yeah, who is your MVP for this week? Your most valuable pirate from this episode? I mean, I'll explain more why later, but I'm going to say Steed this episode. Nice. Um, I think, you know, he goes to conduct his business and he conducts his business and some things go sideways, um, but not really for any fault of his own. Highlights some of his competencies in this episode. And I will talk about those later, but that's why he's going to be my MVP. He keeps his cool, keeps his head. Yeah. Almost loses his nose, but he keeps his yeah, head. Yeah, I was going to say, almost loses his nose, gets stabbed <laughs> in other parts, but his head is all together in this episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm not counting the last last few minutes of the last couple, like 30 seconds of the episode is not going well for him, but you know. But it's going well for us because we get to see Taika Waititi, which we'll yeah. get to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's notes. a whole separate part of the conversation. No. Yeah. My, uh, my pick for this week was uh, Lucius. Um, because I just, <laughs> he's so over it the entire episode. And yet like he's, he does things that are like really effective. Like he manages to, you know, get Jim's, uh, Jim's knife back. And I think that that was a really nice moment for me to see because like, you know, Jim was ready to literally like kill him at the beginning of this episode and like fling him into the ocean. And then the <laughs> fact that he managed such a good, like, I'm going to make this up to you that he like actually got this family knife back to them. I thought was so great. I I fucking love Lucius in this episode. Um, so very much. Yeah. I go back and forth on my favorite character in this show and Lucius is in the top three for sure. With that very fun MVP pick for the week, we're going to move into our like episode discussion in general. Where do we begin? There's so much good shit in this episode. I, I found myself as I took notes it was it, all of my notes were just the one-liners that I yeah, loved that's a because lot of there were too. so so many of them this episode like I need these writers to calm the fuck down mm-hmm. because they're so good it's such a clever show like I genuinely I love how clever it is it just it it pops and and everyone gets a chance to pop you know everyone gets a chance to give a like zingy zingy one-liner and yeah it's, it's it's great um can I can I do my bit for this week yes please my bit for this week is about how steed is a marketing major like, <laughs> i'm not talking like a marketing graduate like i'm talking he's a marketing major <laughs> like he thinks he knows shit um oh and sometimes goodness. he's right sometimes he's very very wrong he literally says like in the beginning of the episode he's like polite menace that'll be my brand every pirate needs one He's so funny about his branding in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I can't, what's 
I noticed it, I couldn't unnotice it. That's, I, I'm so upset that I didn't know that that was a note of yours prior to watching it because I feel like you would have colored the whole experience for the better. And I'm probably going to rewatch it again after this. <laughs> Just because that's so accurate. And especially when he's like, you know, draw us in front, you know, sketch us in front of this really weird looking thing. Yep. He's, he's trying to get good, you know, content for the socials. So this uh, you know, entire episode was really a PR campaign for the gentleman pirate. He says, uh, he says also really early on, you know, he's like, everyone does that. I don't even remember what he's talking about. I just wrote down, he was like, he's like, everyone does that. You know, he wants to stand out. Yeah. He wants to kill people with kindness. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I have a brand and I'm going to execute it. And that's, what's going to make me unique in this pirate market. Yeah. And he allows himself to be very like, very easily persuaded by anybody that notices that because like the whole thing where um what's his name Geraldo or Geraldo um convinces him to come aboard the Spanish ship uh with the tapas which is just a great fucking throwaway <laughs> and actually that's a seg- that's a side note that I have to make that I think Roach has some of the best like just pops in with a, something absolutely obscenely hilarious and then just just yeah. goes right back into the, the background. Like he's so good with those. Like his And like, he's one of the smallest like characters in terms of like amount of time on screen. Yeah. Like he always he he doesn't have a ton to do each episode, but the the second he's talking just completely wraps you in. And the actor yeah. too is also so funny. He's such so a gem. Funny. He has so much cool behind the scenes stuff that he posts on social media that just like mm-hmm. makes my heart happy as a film nerd. But yeah, so I was making a point about him, but before that I was talking about Seed and Geraldo and going on the ship. And the reason I was mentioning that is because when he comes up and he's like approaching Steed about this possible opportunity for fencing the hostage, he's like, yeah, he deals with real refined types like yourself. So it's this, you know, Steed, I think agrees to go with him because he's like, oh yes, well, he recognizes how awesome I am. He recognizes my brand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, his, it's, it's where Steed is a marketing major, not a graduate. He's like, yes. he's like easily taken in by this very same strategies that he's trying to play on other people. It's he's, he's a kid playing at this and sometimes he's right. And sometimes he's not, he says, I know I may be new to pirating, but I know a thing or two about good salesmanship, which I think is an adorable line. Um, and then he says what happens afterwards. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I'm like, this is like the person who has a marketing campaign, but did not think, did not crowdsource what a no. 12 year old boy would think when they hear no. No, because he, that I, I'm just going to be honest. I need you to say this line because I might make it like my text notification noise because I feel like it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is the funniest line. <laughs> and the fact that you put it in the doc, I'm going to need you to say it. It's the line of like, check out this fabulous booty I'm hawking. <laughs> like, it's so good. It's so good. I just, Steed, what were you thinking? Man for sale. Such, like, what? He said it was says it with such flair. <laughs> like, okay. And then like okay. someone buy my booty. Like, sir, like, you're a grown man. How do you not understand that what you're saying is absurd? <laughs> I mean, because he's he's he's, he's not thinking that way. Um nope. it's very sweet um that he's not thinking that way, but it's very funny. And yeah. I it contributes to my theory. I'm just gonna assign seed and occupation every episode <laughs> he's just that versatile of a character I, I truly love that for us honestly <laughs> I also I also love that you were noting what uh what a mood Lucius is and how completely over it he is with everything like if it's scary going back to the ship there's the part just deeply in this episode <laughs> well the one moment that I really love from him is when steed is picking up the noses and he's just like you know He's like, are you going to help me with this? And, and he's just like, no, absolutely not going to do that. <laughs> Lucius knows, you, he knows his line. He's like, no, I didn't want to be here. I wanted to go back to the ship. This is not my cup of tea. This is not my scene. So yeah. like, you knocked over a jar of fucking noses. Like, I am not picking <laughs> that shit up. Like, this is your problem, Steve. This is not my problem. And that moment also gives us what I think is one of the most iconically ridiculous lines. And a bit, I mean, that's saying something. There's a lot of ridiculous lines in this show, but my noses gets me every time. (laughs) Also, can we 
talk about how um oh what's her name the actress is leslie jones leslie jones thank you um can we talk about how leslie jones is so phenomenal in this role she's so funny she's so, yeah every line out of her mouth is funny her whole way of moving is funny like it's it's just i love the third person too when she's like jackie is a person also like it's just like why are you talking like that it's it's it, it, i don't know when like in some characters i would find that super annoying but in her i it's find it perfect really funny she like she pulls off lines with such confidence that mm-hmm. it works yeah like she just she really just like sits there with her her wooden hand like smoking a joint and is just unbelievably funny and i also wanted to make the case uh for both spanish jackie and lucius this episode um, I feel like they have both established themselves as noted bisexuals uh, because, <laughs> well, because yes. Jackie's sitting here and she's flirting with Jim and like being completely obscene with the language that she's using. But at that point, she knows about Jim. She knows so, who Jim is. Yeah, she knows who Jim is. So that means that she's flirting with, you know, quote unquote Bonifacia because like that's she's who she in- knows. That's who she knows Jim to be exactly and so I was just like oh okay like we get mention of your 20 husbands but we don't know how many wives Spanish Jackie has <laughs> that's something I'd like to find out I mean two. I feel like that's it's not wives as girlfriends it's you know that's yeah that's the like, vibes I, that I would get from from Spanish Jack like that's the vibes yeah that's and also I would be willing to bet cash money that at least some of those husbands are probably trans men um but that's you just know, a, I, that's yeah. just a closely held headcanon um, that's I mean and honestly in this show it in this show it works um and also Lucius because of the whole <laughs> it's weird that I'm suddenly into Jim now <laughs> oh my gosh okay that. so yes I want to talk about Lucius because every reaction he has is correct and hilarious um and that line particularly is like I refuse to believe that Lucius does not know exactly what he's doing in that moment <laughs> He is messing with Oluwande. Like he is just, that's all he's doing. He's, he's oh, just yeah. like, he is looking at him. He's going, I suddenly have some leverage. I can make your life a little bit miserable. And oh, I was stuck in a okay. Trunk for, and I was stuck in a trunk for a while. So like, you know, and you knew and you weren't stuck in a trunk. So like, you know, mm. I am going to mess with you a little bit in good nature. But also I'm like, oh, am I suddenly into gym now? Like it's probably <laughs> true, but it's also like very targeted at Oluwande. <laughs> Yeah, and just the way he just slams the door in his face. It's just like, I'm not going to entertain this. Also, it's hilarious watching Olu's face on that, like, Olu's reaction to that whole Mm -hmm. scene. He's such a pleasant character. Oh, yeah. He's such a pleasant character. He's such a, like, warm, sort of gentler character. Um, in the like he's got he exudes this kind of warm energy he really and, does and that moment he's co- ice cold I also love that you that we noted that uh it was kind of gauche line because that... <laughs> only Olo could say that and kind just... of line and like and then... I know that he knows what it means anyone else on that crew would not know what it means would use that line no. incorrectly Olu yeah knows what it means he's using it correctly and it's ridiculous that he is. and then spanish jackie's reaction it was fucking kind of gauche <laughs> like i just I love everything about every like this is i i'm just fascinated at how solid all of the writing in these episodes is like every single line out of these characters mouths manages to either land with an emotional punch or land with a hilarious punch and that is what I think makes it like a perfect rom-com because what's when it's funny it's hilarious and when it's emotional it is devastating and it just I love that kind of dynamic in a show it manages to do both like be heartfelt and be funny really a really nice balance I think we've talked about that in the last couple of episodes as well but it holds continues to hold true here I think this in general is a more like an episode that leans more into the funny oh definitely but I like thoroughly enjoy it um another line that is just really funny is that like absolutely titanic balls to come in here like um um, he's I saw um, someone point this out on twitter his character is very obsessed with balls because he also yes. mentions to Steed that he has probably the biggest balls of anybody he's ever met. Yeah, and then he 60% mentions of, 60% of the lines he has um, include that. Which um, just Fred Armisen, like, I don't know who decided 
to put him and Jackie, like, you know, the two like SNL people, like shove them into, you know, the Republic of Pirates, but it was a brilliant casting it was a good, move. It was a good casting move. I would, if you had pitched me that character in that scene with Fred Armisen, I would have been like, I'm sure. Um, but he does it beautifully. Yeah. And then the the reveal on what is in the glasses, like the note that it's nose juice from the nose jar. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like both love and hate that because I have a visceral reaction to like uh-huh. watching people drink or eat gross things. And I think yeah. it's because like I have so many sensory things around food that as soon as like someone in a show eats or drinks a gross thing without knowing it's a gross thing I'm always like yep but it's very funny (laughs) I mostly like sympathize with Lucius because Steed is just like is trying to keep his cool he's trying to be like he's trying to be tactful Lucius is just like why am I here I did not want to leave the ship I wanted to be on the ship right now and now I'm drinking nose juice well covered in somebody's blood and wine. It's not a good day. It's not a good day for Lucius, honestly. Um, yeah, he's he's not having a good time in any capacity. He gets a kiss out of it at the end. Uh, that's the only yeah. good thing that happens. Yeah, he gets to kiss person. Jim. That's Jim gets to kiss him. Um, <laughs> it's really what happens. Yeah. <laughs> also, we have to talk about the line. We don't have to talk about it. I just need to say. Oh it no, out loud. we have to. Um, he's got terrible taste. Is it flunkies? Yep, yep, that's okay, what he says. Okay, cool. He's got terrible taste in flunkies and he can go suck eggs in hell. What is Steve? What? What, what did you mean? think that? What does it yeah. mean? I, what does I it mean? remember having the same exact reaction when I heard that line. I was like, I'm proud of you for standing up for yourself. But what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, what does it's, this mean? It's again, like he is a small child that is like, I'm going to put words together and I'm going to make it sound mean but it mostly sounds nonsensical. Yeah. And then the fact that one thing I did want to talk about was also Izzy in that moment, because Izzy really shows like his conniving nature Mm -hmm. in this episode because he lies to Blackbeard. Like he tells him that he told him that Blackbeard was his boss, but he never did. And like, that's like, we wouldn't know that if it weren't for um, the Geraldo character being like, yo, like Izzy hands was in here saying that his boss wants to talk to Steed and they're like he wants Blackbeard wants to talk to this guy but he didn't tell that to Steed and it's just so you get to see this really interesting glimpse into just how kind of conniving of a character Izzy is going to be out of he's smart he's very very smart about this because he puts enough he puts just enough truth into what he tells Blackbeard yeah to that it's viable yeah that it's viable and he, he says the you know he can go suck eggs in hell line and with that line, he makes Steed not seem very smart. He like makes Steed seem either reckless. Well, he makes Steed seem either reckless or not very smart. Yeah. And he makes him seem like he doesn't care about Blackbeard by with the lie. But it's so close to the, the truth that it, it is actually just, yeah, Izzy is very, very smart. Well, and what makes it interesting to me, I think one of the, the fascinating things about now that we've got to the third episode and we can look at these, you know, the, the introduction of this show in three parts. I think that the build to all the things that Blackbeard learns about Steed makes Steed sound so much more impressive than he is. Mm-hmm. And so it gives you this very interesting, like, he's got a false sense of who Steed is. And at the same time, when Steed meets him, like Steed at the end of the episode doesn't realize he's talking to Blackbeard, but he has very preconceived notions about Blackbeard. And that is why I cannot wait for next week or next episode, because we're going to get to talk about the way that the two of them interact with each other and see that like neither of them were right in any preconceived notions they had about Blackbeard and the gentleman pirate because that's really who they think they know. Blackbeard thinks he knows the gentleman pirate. Steed thinks he knows Blackbeard. But next episode, Steed and Ed are going to get to meet. Yes, they're going to get to meet as humans. Oh, excited about that! Yeah, I think that is another thing that like highlights a thing this show is doing really well in both it being funny and it being heartfelt because the fact that they have these mistaken impressions is funny. Like it's played for laughs, but it's also like thematically one of the things the show I think is doing is is showing us like characters that like aren't what they appear to be, 
Exactly. And what they are on the outer, like the outermost layer. Like they're characters that have a lot of depth and heart to them, characters that have more vulnerability to them than they're presenting in their persona. Exactly. You know, Steed is presenting this persona of like a gentleman and refined and, you know, more um, in some ways a softer kind of, he's, he's trying to be this soft sort of pirate that, and, but, you know, he also has this like this tougher interior than that we've seen glimpses we've seen of glimpses so far of. this like resilience and this like ability to make really hard choices and this like I'm gonna push through sort of attitude this like that we see in this episode and we see in other places as well yeah. and then on the flip side like Blackbeard is like Ed is a tough exterior that's got a lot more softness going on in his actual way of relating mm-hmm. to the world and I think that like the show is a good exploration of like personas and how much that like impacts when we like meet someone at yeah. first if we think we know them exactly and like they get to explore that and I'm so excited to talk about it in a couple of weeks yeah well and you make you made such a beautiful point in our, our very first episode one of the first things we talked about you brought up how the episode like the whole show starts with things did not go as planned and I feel like we're going to talk about that like literally every episode because mm-hmm. It, it is consistent. It's a thesis statement for yeah. the characterizations in the show, the plots in the show. You're constantly getting this like subversion of you think it's going to go one way and it goes this way. And these characters think they know these people, but they don't really. And so you get this like really deep nuanced show that is just based around this idea of things not going as planned. And I just, I love that that's something we talked about early on and that we're going to get to keep talking about it yeah. because it's each episode as we get into these discussions, I'm realizing like, wow, that really is like the entirety of what the show is about in a way. Yeah, things don't go as planned. People aren't what they seem. The end of the story isn't what it seems. You know, the the place we're going and the place we're, we've come from, neither of those are as simple as that first look. And I think that's why the show is fun to even get to, you know, rewatch and like watch more than once. Yeah. You get to see more of those themes as a whole stretching through the whole show yeah because I've I've now at this point re-watched the whole show itself probably like oh gonna embarrass myself here I think I've seen the whole <laughs> thing all the way through probably like five times um it's not that long of a show you don't have to be yeah it's you don't have to like commit a ton to it but but what's funny is when I was watching it downstairs my one roommate actually mentioned like because he saw that I was like going to put it on and saw that it was like 24 minutes he's like I thought this was like a 40 minute show. And I was like, yeah, because it packs in that much into a short amount of time. I will say like another show that is, you know, there's 20 minute shows often don't do very much. And I like love 20 minute shows. I love like 20 yeah. minute shows. Um, but another show that I think also makes really effective use where I watch it and I'm like, oh, didn't, isn't this 40 minutes is uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. It's like an animated oh. Star Trek adult Star Trek show. And it's similar, like in terms of, it's not similar at all. Yeah. Everyone, everyone <laughs> should watch, everyone should watch it. Um, I love it. Um, but it, it mainly what you made me think of was just like the pacing. Like it's, it's yeah. also one of those shows that's very fast and packs a punch into yeah. every scene. Like nothing is wasted. They're doing a lot. They have a large group of characters that they are effectively using mm-hmm. all of their characters and they have very um on the nose like quick dialogue and I think that's part of what makes both of the shows like really enjoyable to watch and to re-watch because you exactly. every time you watch different la- lines are going to like sp- specifically land and you're going to notice and you're going to get enjoyment and like humor out of them because there's just so many and they're so dense mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that was one of the lines that you had had in the document that you wanted to talk about was the Roach's whole line of like, you know, uh, like, did you know that, you know, she was a woman? And he's like, how would I know that? <laughs> that was a line that like, <laughs> I never really noticed it before. But this episode, when I watched it, for some reason, I just could not stop cracking up about it. It's and it's pretty, like, that whole exchange is very funny. And I really uh, like it. It's it's played so well that like everybody literally thinks he's ripping Jim's nose off. It's just it's also such a long shot, like painfully uh-huh. long. Where I'm like, yeah. I don't. This is this is too long. This scene, this shot can end. 
Um, but it's, it stretches out that like moment of like the whole crew reacting. It makes them react for longer and longer. And yeah. It, like, is very funny. And, and I also just appreciate in, a, in terms of like a gender, the gender piece of it, there is, it doesn't feel gross. Yeah. You know, like, I think there's a potential with a, with a, a reveal of character not being what everyone thought they were, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, there's a potential. And in a lot of shows that ends up reading and being reacted to, you know, really trans, frankly, quite transphobic sort of way um, or sexist or both. Um, and in this, like, there's a gross come on to Jim and that I don't, that I'm like, is the one piece that, yeah. you know, is gross. Um, but it's also very clearly gross. Um, but the reaction of the crew yeah. is free of that sort of like cringy, really disgusting transphobic sort of feeling. I, I agree with you. I think it's because they they put so much emphasis on the like hilarity of the reveal and making that like such a slow thing. And I think for me, what really makes that that little scene and that moment complete is the beard coming off. Yes. Because everybody just like stops mid the beard coming off because they're like, oh God, he's ripping off his beard. Wait a minute. Yeah, the nose, <laughs> the nose doesn't clue them in. They no, really would the just beard. be like, oh, he just has a fake nose on top of his regular nose. That's weird. Like they're not yeah. a smart crew. They wouldn't have figured that out. No. Um, and I think but, it's because they also like have given Jim as a character, the kind of like relationships with the rest of the crew where Jim is mysterious. They don't ever, yeah. ever knows a lot about Jim. So like the fact that Jim isn't what they all thought they were gives yeah. it like, they are not reacting in the really gross way that exactly could. And well, I think it's, it's a testament to how they've set up the character interactions. In the yeah, film. because everybody is all, like the nice thing about Jim is that they're a character that everyone around them is impressed by. Yes. For one reason or another. And or scared like, by, intimidated by. Exactly. But it, like being scared, you're you're impressed in a terrified That's way. True. Like you're just <laughs> it's it's like, you know, not to not to make a reference to another pirate thing, but it's kind of like, you know, you're the worst pirate I've ever seen, but you have heard of me. Like everybody is <laughs> scared of Jim. <laughs> but yeah. With good reason, because Jim could fucking kill you with their pinky. Well, I mean, like, Lucius, Lucius learned very, very uh, recently that you don't <laughs> fuck with Jim um and also his whole his whole moment it was another instance of a line that in another show would have otherwise I think come off as like fat phobic but it just totally didn't in this when he's like uh we were exercising to uh make our bodies smaller <laughs> it's just, yeah, so, it's just so obviously a bad cover for whatever they were actually doing which makes yeah. it sound like they were all like sleeping together like that's what it makes it sound like it makes it, it does. sound like they were they just don't want to admit they were having sex like exactly so it comes funny. off it, it's like I just don't know how they managed to do that with this show like take things that could have in another context been like rude or offensive or fallen flat and just it was hilarious but I think like I think it's because they're setting up a they're all setting up this context for these this crew in a way that's celebratory and not afraid mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And I think it's also just like, because it's such a queer friendly show. Mm -hmm. And I think that extends beyond just being queer friendly. It's a it's it's friendly to we talked about um, Black Pete. Um, and oh, yeah, yeah. Like we talked about him. We talked, we've talked about like a number of different characters and the things that make them unique and how the show yeah. either just dot, dot, how the show never makes that the butt of the joke. And so exactly. I think that's why even some lines that in a different context mm -hmm. could come across really the wrong way in here just comes off as like Lucius is panicking. Yeah. And doesn't know what to say. And doesn't know what to say. And but he, he doesn't feel fat phobic and neither does anyone anybody else in, that, in the room. <laughs> Everybody and, in the room is kind of just like, really? <laughs> and like, I can sit like if, and I don't say this to discount, like if anyone did like anyone watching the show did feel that, yeah from that that's line a good like point. that is also a legitimate feeling because that yeah. line can be taken that way and I think it's like important to say that just because like I don't think the intent is there and I don't I think that like the way it's executed is generally has a different vibe like I think yeah obviously everyone interacts with media in their own experiences and their own context and like 
you know, something that's it's a very good point not, to make. Yeah, might not affect me, might affect someone else. Um, yeah, but I do think it it has it carries a bit of a different a different thing. Um, yeah, well, because it's the nice thing about this show, and anybody that talks about our flag means death and only talks about it in the context of it being positive for queer representation, I think it is missing the point of the show mm-hmm. because it's it was not made just to be like hey look these characters are queer it's no. also hey look there are people of color in the show there are people with disabilities in this show like freaking blackbeard has a knee brace and it's never nobody ever mentions it like right. dude's got a mobility aid like just casually yeah. and that kind of shit is just it shows you that the showrunners really were trying to present this show in a way that it felt inclusive to everybody and yeah you know, I think that they did that really, really well in terms of... It's not trying to be representation. It's trying to be, like, an accurate depiction and inclusion. Like, which is a different thing. Like, it's not just being, like, we're trying to tell a queer story. We're trying to tell a story about, like, those characters are not primarily queer characters or disabled characters or characters that are racial minorities. Like, they're, like, none of these things are what these characters are identified as they're it's not Jim. defined by these it's things Jim. about it's Oluwande. it's ed like that's who they are as characters and the show believes that and so i think because the show believes that and the way they're written and characterizes that it's a disservice to be like this is just a show about minority representation because like no this is just a show that like is about these people Exactly. And these people have all the diversity of like people in the real world. And mm-hmm. let's like not make, we don't need to, we can be excited about the rep without like allowing it to be what it is and allowing them ultimately at the end of the day, they're people. And that's the thing that makes it so, so enjoyable to watch. And it's a show that you're able to just watch and not have to like feel, <laughs> I know this is gonna sound yeah. weird, but it's a show you can watch and you don't have to feel stressed about it. Like I feel safe oh, yeah. in this show. Because I know that it's not going to sit here and try to make a joke out of any of the things that I happen to be as a person. Yeah. It's just going to be this fun, heartfelt story about these characters. And I think that that's really where its strength is. I'm not waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, I'm not waiting. I'm not picking out a piece of representation and being like, oh, great. They have a queer character. Oh, wait, never mind. Um, They just did a crappy thing to them. Or they just... Mm-hmm. said a crappy thing about them or they just you know like put them in a situation where their queerness was the only thing about them. you know like any of these things that are just like I just expect them in other shows yeah like I expect tropes and I expect mm-hmm. certain microaggressions and I think seeing that that this show is is a lot more free of them it's not perfect but it's a lot yeah. more free of them generally does feel a lot safer as yeah. a viewer um, which is like very 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 nice yeah, it's a it's a wonderful thing about the show. I want to say my one like critique of this episode. Oh, okay, um, please. I I mean maybe not maybe not my one my one critique, but like the the one thing where I was like, I don't love that humor. Yeah. The 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 hanging the hanging that's played for laughs. I actually would very agree with you there. I don't think it needed to be in there to effect. Like I think you could have led up to that scene. I don't think the bucket needed to get kicked out and he needed to struggle. Like I just, That's I just a very felt like unnecessary point. and uncomfortable. And I, it, because it was being entirely played as a joke of him like scrambling to try and breathe. And I was like, let's not joke about that. Let's not joke about this kind of thing. That's actually also, a, this is a white criticism. character. Like there is, I think, like, I do not think we should be doing that. I do not think it was necessary. I think they could have, they could have had someone knock him out. Accomplishes yeah. the same thing, doesn't have to resort to making that a joke. And I just Yeah, like maybe, somebody cuts the rope and he immediately falls and like and he hits, hits his head the, or something. Exactly. <laughs> Accomplishes the same thing, but doesn't like we don't need it in that scene. I think. Um, and other people may feel differently, but I just like it was just the one thing where I was like, eh. Yeah, that's like actually it. I didn't have that in my notes, but I do agree with you. Like that was that part has, it's one of the biggest moments in the show that I'm just like super uncomfortable watching because I'm like, oh, like this is like, I know it's supposed to be a goofy moment, but it's kind of not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the other like much, much, much smaller instance that I also feel a little bit like that is with, and I feel like this in just in general with shows, I'm like, 
I don't like when needless like pain and violence is like the butt of the joke. And so they also have that with the prisoner um, mm. where he's just been left in the sun and he's like, like I'm, I find the jokes that they make about him in the previous couple of episodes where they're like, you know, can we like, can we stab him? Like, I think those are kind <laughs> yeah. of funny and like with the comedy, the actual like fact that they like left him in the sun to like- I, mean, they, I think the word they use is baking. <laughs> yeah, and I like, some of it is funny and some of it rubs me a little bit the wrong way. And maybe this is a personal preference, but like I'm really turned off by characters who like needlessly put other characters in pain and like shows that are like- Yeah. Because like for all the fact that this show humanizes- most of his characters, it incredibly dehumanizes the two prisoners that they take. And yes. like part of that I'm okay with because like colonialism and like yeah, like these, like these are that's not, clearly like, the commentary they're trying to make. With yeah. That. And so from that perspective, no problems with it. Like, and I I'm even hesitant to say what I'm saying because obviously, like I'm a white person, I do not have any if that's being done as a critique in very specific ways, like that. Mm-hmm that is a, actually a really good point that you're making. Not, I don't want to rescind what I've said, but I like want to be nuanced <laughs> about that, I think. Yeah. Um, and recognize like where I just don't have a right to say. Um, I will say just like, I'm uncomfortable with- um, Unnecessary cruelty. Yeah, unnecessary cruelty. That's maybe the, the way, place, yeah. When the narrative is just doing it to be, when, when unnecessary cruelty is framed as humor, I think specifically. It's when that's it's framed as humor. Um, that's where I don't find it funny. And that's the two moments in this episode that I don't find. Yeah, funny. those. I think those are a fair criticism. And I think that it's also, and it's important, we talk about this a lot on our Supernatural show, mm-hmm. but it's it's important to remember that the things that we enjoy do not have to be perfect. And exactly. <laughs> we are just because we are criticizing things does not mean that we don't see the merits of that thing. It is. It just means that we actually care. It just means we really care. Well, like, and we want them to be able to do as much right as they can. Yeah, and I think it's like valuable to, to, to recognize that shows are made by humans. No piece of media ever has been perfect. It's yeah. not possible, and it will never be possible. Um, does that mean that we don't continually try and get better with what we make and do the least amount of harm with what we make? Like, I think that's the principle that applies is like, mm can the thing you make do as little harm as possible um it's very starfleet of you <laughs> that's fair that's a really great take I, I that's what i think i enjoy so much i mean not that this is a star trek podcast or anything but that's oh just you wait I that's like when i have enough time it's, I will oh it's coming that's my next one on my list it's bad our last thing that we have to talk about before we wrap up main discussion is the the fact that we finally finally get to see ed's face he is he has arrived blackbeard is here and i need him to chill with the leather that's all i'm gonna say uh big big gender mood um immense gender mood so really good i think they do such a good job in the first three episodes of that reveal of like teasing that Mm -hmm. like they really take their time with the way they do the shots like every shot consecutively where blackbeard appears they give you a little more like uh-huh. the first time it's just smoke the second time there's a bit of an outline the next time there's a bit of detail the next time there's full detail but his back is turned like they do such yep. a good job of like slowly revealing which it kind of plays into like what we were talking about earlier about like perception versus reality um and like what they're playing with yeah and i saw a thread today that was we're not a thread it was like a text post or something but it was talking about how uh in terms of framing he's really has the introduction of a romantic hero because oh, it's like he's, so. he swoops in he's got the outfit he's got he's this like gentle over, hand thing that he does he yeah like, stands over the like unconscious character as they like come to uh-huh and he's yeah. got this like halo the music light the music for our prayer by the beach boys that's the name of the song that comes on <laughs> okay like because i, I, I did keep... not know that was what it was called and i saw you yeah. in your notes and i was like i don't know what you're referring to i that's amazing yeah, our prayer is the name of that song um, it's a good and, choice it works yeah it fits a little too well um and it's but i just think it's so funny because it, in all of the chaos that's going on steed ever the marketing person is just like you've heard of me <laughs> like steed sweetheart I, I mean you know you're it, i gotta give it to him he's committed to his small business, his small pirate business. He's like, you know, 
Seed is a you've small heard of me. <laughs> you've heard, he's like, oh, you might be about to kill me, but you've heard of me. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, it's just, it's such a great reveal of his character. And it's, it's weird for me because like having seen the whole show, I kind of forget that he's just not in the first three episodes, like hardly at all. And because he's got such a presence when he does show up mm-hmm. that like, it feels weird when I like think about these first three episodes and I'm like, oh, he doesn't really get here. Until and the, the whole show it. like shifts once he's here. Um, but yet totally. it was so necessary for them to really do the kind of work they do with the characters, particularly Steed, but also with all the other I characters agree. before he gets there. Like, I like, I really, I mean, as, oh, much I enjoy as, I love, yeah. as much as I would love like, you know, 60 more minutes of of ed also like i love that they did it the way they did i think it's like really i do effective, too and i think it like allows for a it allows for like us to really be invested in the whole crew before mm-hmm. we start pivoting to focus specifically on ed and steed's relationship yeah. well it's one thing that we were kind of touching on this earlier about pacing that this show does so expertly well because it's so hard, I think, to have an ensemble show mm-hmm. and get the pacing right because yes. you're just working with so many moving parts. And like for me, even though I was a, I really enjoyed the show, I was a big fan of uh, Game of Thrones. It was an awesome show, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't know people's name until like season three because there was just too much going There's on. So there were too much, many people. Honestly, I haven't watched the show. I've seen like the first like two episodes. And part of the reason I was like, I'm, you know, not honestly that interested, partly is because I know how brutal it is brutal it is and how badly it ends and i yes. know it's, i know i was like i'm gonna be disappointed and i don't need to i get invested in season two so <laughs> yeah whereas like i you know didn't watch any of it until the whole show had ended but yeah even in the first two episodes i was like i am like lost as to who these people are and i am on the internet a lot i know i know yeah. a lot about them because i'm on the internet and i still can't keep track there are way too yeah. many storylines going on yeah it's a lot but this this show manages to really give each of its characters a full arc, I feel. Even on the first watch through, you can fall, you can keep track of them. Like I'm only on my second, well, my second viewing of these first six episodes. And then when I get to to episode seven, it'll be my first viewing. Yeah. Um, And I can- Or episode eight. I thought you saw seven. Uh, Yeah. Oh no, sorry. You're right. I saw seven. Yeah. Um, Eight. Yeah. Oh, the fact that you- you managed to save those last two that you may savor them. I, I'm a little jealous, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> it's okay, you'll get to see all the reactions of- Oh, I can't wait. Of how, how I feel about them, um, which will be a lot of feelings. Um, we, we tend to have a lot of feelings on this I don't, show. I, I wonder how many times I said, oh, I love XYZ uh, in this episode. Yeah, As well, if like- Iggy hands on Tumblr can tell us how many shots they did. <laughs> And that's how we'll know. Uh, maybe I'll just like speed run. <laughs> yeah, I think that wraps us up for our main discussion today. So now it's time for us to tie things up, which is the part of the show where we use the noted Tumblr format of same character, different font to relate a character from the episode to ones from other beloved pieces of media. So who have we got this week, Elena? I honestly struggled this week. This was a, a hard week for me to figure out like uh, a character or a, or a trope that I had seen before. So I'm, I, for my thing this week, I'm honestly going to put it to the listeners to, to let us know if you had a character from this episode or a moment or a plot line that just really made you think of something else. Because I, I don't know, my brain just wasn't, wasn't functioning properly this week when I watched it. That is really fair. I also struggled. Um, I do think I have one that is kind of percolated all episode and I think I've got one. Um, okay. And it might be a little offbeat. So maybe, maybe nobody else will see it. Maybe it's a, it's a product of my sleep deprived brain this week. I'm very sleep deprived. Um, but I want to talk about Lucius and okay. I want to look at Lucius and I want to say Jim from the office. Um, well, that was, yeah, we talked about that in the first episode, but it was, uh, who was it? We said Olu was Jim. <laughs> Did I we say Olu was Jim in the first episode? Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to posit, like, Lucius, because he sort of has this feel of, like, narrator outside of the story that's also in the story. He has this sort of, like, in this episode, this, like, I don't really want to be here. Everyone else is <laughs> doing things, and I am watching them do things. Which is a very Jim sort of mood. Um, um, he, you know, 
he's like, no, you know, it reminds me of like, of like shenanigans going on in the office and Jim is yeah. just standing there being, you know, like the Halloween episode where everyone else is dressed up and Jim uh-huh. like got like the little name tag. Yeah. Um, he's like done the bare minimum. Like Lucia's standing there being like, I am not picking up those noses. Same vibes. That's a sentence. Same vibes. <laughs> he's like, I am not participating in this scenario. Oh, and also for honorary mention, this isn't a character uh, that is from something else. It's just a character in this episode behaves like someone else. Um, I would like to offer Jim behaving like a cat in the scene where he just knocks the glasses off the table and runs. <laughs> Jim is is my cat in, in that yeah. segment. Just like, yeah. I'm going to stare at you, I'm going to sweat it, and then I'm going to run. <laughs> I'm going to be like, you didn't see anything. I dare you to see it. I dare you to have seen anything. But if you see, you saw anything, I'll kill you. Like, yeah, that's basic energy. Like you didn't see anything. <laughs> it's your cat and you're like, I know, I, I know, you know, and you know, I know, but like, I'm not going to let you know that I know because you will scratch my eyes out. <laughs> like, I'm scared. I'm scared of you. <laughs> well, you know, cats do have knives in their feet. <laughs> Oh, we love Jim in this episode. I love Jim in this episode. I love Jim in every episode. So, oh, there we yeah. go. You got like three shots out of that sentence. Alone. The last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that is all we have for this episode. So thank you all for joining us. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe to us on your preferred podcasting platform. Leave us a rating or a review. And you can also send voicemails or drop us a line through our website, which is findthingswellshow.tumblr.com. If you want more of our queer pirate discourse in your life, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, where we are at Find Things Show. Join us again next time as we discuss episode four, Discomfort in a Married State. I'm Abigail. And I'm Elena. And thanks for sailing along with us while we talk it through as, as a, a crew. crew.